All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the to the year that was. Dot dot dot. I am your host, Aaron Maxson, along with one of my co-hosts, Nate Maxson. Hello, everybody. Archie is not with us tonight because he had a snowstorm and passed out. So I'm assuming <laughs> it was a big cocaine party. I was going to say it wasn't that kind of a snowstorm. It wasn't a, a booger sugar party. <laughs> So Archie Mitchell is partnering. I can't talk today. He's having a good old time over there in Jersey with some snow, um, which is uh, apropos because there's a few guys that had a lot of snowstorms in the business on this show tonight because we are talking about uh, Super Brawl 7 from San Francisco, California in the Cow Palace. Um Something surprising that I didn't realize, this was the first pay-per-view ever from the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Why do I remember so many more pay-per-views from that? Or maybe, I guess maybe there were after this, but why do I think, why in my brain does that like have like a rich wrestling history or something, you know? Because everybody talks about it and stuff, but according, unless WCW was just bullshit and they said this was the first pay-per-view. To ever at a, ever be out of uh, the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Okay, so all right, pay per view, not wrestling event. Yeah, pay per view. Right. Like, and um, I don't know if you remember it, but the set is actually kind of cool. It's really basic, but it's just neat. Mm-hmm. Um, it has um, one of the stupidest taglines I've ever heard for a wrestling pay per view. I don't even remember that. <clears throat> the tagline is, the big one will hit San Fran when the big boys play. Oh, my. That's what long. Does <laughs> and what does it even mean? <laughs> does it mean anything? The big one. Are we talking about Loch Ness? What are we talking about here? I don't know. But it, I, like At first, I thought somebody just made that up, but no, they put it on the poster. This is also the one leading up to, and I know we've discussed it on the show, but for those of you maybe that haven't listened to prior shows and this is the first time you're you're listening to it. Actually, I won't ruin it. I think there's some during the pay-per-view. Sorry, Aaron. I was just going to say this is the one where you got um, Piper and Alcatraz. Yeah. Um, which is worth skipping. That's at the beginning. Roddy Piper's <laughs> been in Alcatraz for seven days. He's disheveled. He's dirty. And there's like guards. And like he gets out of the... Out of the cage, and he's like, "I could know, I know the way, I know the way." <laughs> it's like, well, Alcatraz is shut down, so there's not really guards, right? <laughs> and if Piper's staying there willingly, why does he need guards to keep him in? None it's, of this is not. This is all bad. It's it's that whole thing we talk about all the time. You never know what Piper you're going to get. I mean, even bad Piper is still entertaining, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know. But like I said, this was just bad. Um, And it was unnecessary. It did nothing for the story Mm -hmm. except hype Alcatraz for some reason. Like, I don't know. Um, But anyway, like I said, if you don't want to watch it, at the beginning, it's not worth it. And then he's like out on a boat getting me back from the rock. And he's like, 
on the front of it. It's not even like an impressive looking boat. And he's just like, the sharks. <laughs> the sharks. It's like, what is going on? But anyway. I bet if you watch the credits at the end of this pay-per-view, it's like, thank you to AlcatrazTours.com or something. Yeah. You know, some company that does tours of Alcatraz. Probably WCW up. I don't know. Hold on. Um, oh, I don't need my heater anymore. Sorry. You can edit that out. But uh, anyway, Piper, he's on his way by boat to the arena. Um, they say, they come on, he's not there yet. They say Piper hasn't arrived. It's a slow boat from the rock <laughs> there, but um, still not there. But our commentating team is, and that is Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Always a fun commentary team. That's what I put in my notes. It says... Ask guys thoughts. Well, guys aren't here today. It's just Nate, and he just gave us our thoughts. I was, his thoughts. I was like, "What do these guys think of the commentating trio of Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes?" I love the banter and the chemistry between Dusty and Bobby, and then Tony just playing the great straight man in the middle. They they were a great t- they were a great announced team. Yes, they were. Um, I know there's some other people out there, some other podcasts that um. Say that there's like revisionist history on Tony Schiavone and that he was the shits. I don't think he was that bad. No, I think, he was, I, think, he was. I think he was in like late '99 to the downfall of WCW. But but that's because he didn't give a shit. What, what do you have to give a shit about? Nobody can make this sound good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, I think Tony was actually pretty good. I'm not saying he was fucking Jim Ross or. Um, uh, Joey Styles or nothing, but he was he was good. My opinion. And plus, like I said, Bobby and Dusty are funny together. You can tell in real life they actually really liked each other. Because mm-hmm. they're funny together. Usually guys that don't like each other aren't going to be funny together. Um, then there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, a recap. Unless you had anything else on those guys. Nope, that was it. Alright, then there's a recap of six stealing all these belts, all the all the underneath WCW belts are stealing them left and right. Um, talking about how this is a problem. Pox just keeps stealing all the belts from <laughs> WCW. And then my thing was, it's like, well, if you know he's doing it, why keep having guys go out there with their belts? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Say, hey, Mang, you hold on to the belt at ringside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, hey, Barbarian, you hold on to the belt at ringside. I don't think Six is going to take it from you. Right. He probably will be able to get it from fucking Dave Penzer. <laughs> who every time Dave Penzer had the belt and Six Pot came up to steal it, he just gave it to him. He's just like, all right, here, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Give it to Meng. Let Meng hold on to it. I don't know. But anyway, this they're recapping this because... Six Pac is going to be facing Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, obviously, Six Pac has the Cruiserweight Championship because he stole it. Right. Um, he's the first man out to shoot. Um, then Dean Malenko comes out, and um, Dean Malenko was always super over in WCW. Oh, absolutely. That dude got, like, huge, like, um, yeah, this might be, this is a silly comparison, but at this time frame, you know what I compare him to? 
Who's that? He's like WWF's version of Steve Blackman. <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 not in the wrestling style, but Steve Blackman was always super over with the WWF crowd. Mm-hmm. Like when that music, yep. like he's never going to be the top guy, you know? But whenever that music would hit with Steve Blackman, like WWF people would be like, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's mostly because I, it's the same reason that and we, we are obviously aren't going to get into a big, huge discussion of modern product on this show. But it's the same reason that no matter what, and no matter what people want to say, every time Brock Lesnar hits the ring, people pop. And it's because people look at Dean Malenko and Steve Blackman as, oh, these guys are coming out. Shit's going to get serious. Like these guys yeah. are real realistic and badass, you know. Yeah. And people want to see that. So... But yeah, like these people are into Dean. Um, they kick off like right off the bat. Like Dean's are like believable because he gets in the ring and he doesn't like pose or anything. He goes right for Six, which he would because if you remember, Six stole his belt. Mm-hmm. Six, Six said, you know, the only reason I never kicked your ass before was because I respected your dad, but now your dad's dead in the ground. So all bets are off. So obviously you want to kick the shit out of this guy. Um. Another note is Brian Hildebrand is the referee. And I never noticed this before, but you know who Brian Hildebrand Brian Hildebrand looked like? <laughs> he looked like the mouse guy from the Green Mile. Who's <laughs> in everything, you know? Back yeah, in the- yeah. <laughs> he looks like that mouse man from Green Mile. I can't remember that dude's <laughs> name. That's I can't either. He's one of those guys that was in so many movies, but I have no idea who what his name yeah. was. Yeah, and he was in like TV show. I think he was like on Evening Shade or some shit. He was on Evening Shade. He looks yep. like the Mouse Man from Green Mile. <laughs> if you don't know who I'm talking about, people look it up. <laughs> I'm not disparaging Brian Hildebrand at all either, because Brian Hildebrand was great. But yeah, Mouse Man of Green Mile, Brian Hildebrand. Um, I was a little buzzed when I was writing these notes. But I can read them, but I'm just saying there might be some stuff where I'm like making statements that are probably like <laughs> you were sitting there watching it, laughing your ass off to yourself. Yeah, either that or just making bold statements that I shouldn't be making. Like I wrote down, if Dean Malenko isn't your top five, top twenty favorite wrestlers ever, you don't like wrestling. Sorry. <laughs> Which I truly believe that, but I don't know if I would just audibly look at somebody and say that. And <laughs> say that, yeah. You don't like wrestling if you don't like Dean Malenko. But um, I do feel that way. Like, how could you... Like, I don't know if I've ever met anybody except Bret Hart that was like, Dean Malenko sucks. Right. Bret Hart actually said that. Said, and Bret Hart's wrong. said, Dean Malenko sucked. Because he dropped him on his dick on a turnbuckle or something. Basically, if you ever hurt Bret Hart one bit, you're a piece of shit. But anyway, um, the match is going back and forth. Um, Six grabs the belt, but then Eddie Guerrero comes out and tries to stop Six, because if you remember, Six is still Eddie's belt previously, mm-hmm. um, which was in that badass, which is the payoff of that badass ladder match. So then they had at the other pay-per-view. So now they're having a tug of war over this belt. Eddie Guerrero loses his grip, blowing six back, which smacks the belt into Dean Malenko's 
head and six pack pins him one, two, three and six pack wins his actual first championship in WCW, the cruiserweight championship. And then uh, Bobby Heenan says, well, maybe La Bamba shouldn't have stuck his nose where it didn't. <laughs> La Bamba. <laughs> and then uh, Tony actually accuses Bobby of liking the NWO. And Bobby says, if Hogan wasn't in it, I'd love him. Do whatever you want. But I can't because that does the asshole because that asshole Hulk Hogan. Like if he's like if he wasn't in it, he basics is like if he if, if Hogan wasn't in it, I'd probably be in it. Yeah, yeah. well, and and, and it, sorry, the professionalism there. That's the history. Bobby Heenan never liked Hulk Hogan, and yeah. he stuck to it even when Hogan turned heel. So good for him. Good for him. So. um Basically, that was that match. The reality, know. the reality of it was Bobby Heenan loved Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan helped him make the most money he'd ever made in his oh, life yeah. for a long, long time. Yeah, Bobby right. Heenan wanted to be attached to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's why he rode that wave to WCW. Like, let's see if we can do this shit again. Yep. And I get to work once a week, twice a month, <laughs> and watch my daughter grow up. Right. Grass, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good for Bobby. Good for Gene. Good for Jimmy Hart. You know what I mean? I, I How do I say it? I know a lot of them older guys went to WCW and took that money and everything, and they mm-hmm. get back for it. But it's the same way as a lot of the territory guys. Like, when they got up to WWF, and then people yep. be like, oh, Coco Bureau got lazy. Or, oh. I shouldn't say Coco, because Coco is still relatively. Like, okay, I'll say something like the Bush. I've said this before. The Bushwhackers. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were the sheep herders all those years, blading and busting each other open and doing this, that, and the other thing. And then they get to the WWF, and Vince McMahon's like, "You guys are funny. Your characters. I want you to go out there, lick lick children's heads, dance around. You don't have to blade anymore. Right, most money you've ever made in your entire life." And then people are like. The Bushwhackers, the sheep herders, the WWF ruined them. They sucked by the time they got up there. It's okay. Well, you don't see uh, Luke and Butch going around to autograph signings and conventions. As as, the sheep herders. As the sheep herders. They're Butch and Luke, the Bushwhackers. There's a reason. When you get up to the table, they might say, you like you if you would say, and it's the sheep herders, they'll be like, okay, we ain't heard that in a while, you know. But to get people to come up to their table and to come out and see them, they're the fuck motherfucking bushwhackers. There is a reason that when you go to a, a same principle, there's a reason that when you go to a meet and greet, you don't go to a meet and greet to meet Crusher Darso and the mass superstar. The mass superstar. You go to meet Demolition, Bill, Bill Eady and, and Barry Dar. You go to meet Axe and Smash. Now, like you said, they, if you want to talk to at Bill Eady about being the mass superstar, and he's He's got he's got eight by tens. Well, he's, even got, he's even got the mask. Yeah, he got the right. mask. Like I'd rather get my picture with the mask superstar. He's like, all right, I'll put that shit on. <laughs> but the big the big the, the big sign says "Axe and Smash Demolition." Yeah, <laughs> and they're in their shit, man. And, and Bill Eady got to go up there and and get a gimmick that. He didn't have, I mean, I shouldn't say he didn't have to bust his ass because the, the demolition still worked hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he he got to 
team with a guy, and if Bill Eadie wouldn't have been able to team with Smash, he might have not been able to have that extended part of his career. You know what right. I mean? Yep. Before he ate a crab cake or whatever he wasn't <laughs> supposed to eat and got sick. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> back to Super Brawl. Back to Super Brawl. I don't even know why I got off on that tangent. But um, Mean Gene is about to interview Diamond Dallas Page, and they're trying to figure out who Diamond Dallas Page is going to fight tonight, which member of the NWO. He's named down all these people. Like uh, Hall and Nash are already booked. We just saw six, so it ain't going to be him. Hogan's already working. Then they, they laugh about Big Bubba getting taken out. Um, and then Page says something, and he's so proud of himself, but it's so stupid. He says, who else has Eric Bisquick got for me to fight? And he's, like, proud of himself. Bisquick? They call him Bisquick. <laughs> well, that's not even funny. <laughs> and okay, don't get smug, DDP. Yeah, and your panic <laughs> batter joke. <laughs> then they figure out that the only possible person left is Buff Bagwell. And then Gene goes, oh, this just in. It actually is Buff Bagwell. <laughs> this just in. Yeah, like I think it's that was actually kind of funny that they were like, the only other person it could be is Buff Bagwell. And then, like, they were like, yeah, like the NWO was like, yeah, it's Buff. Like, that's all we got left. Because <laughs> <clears throat> it ain't going to be Michael Wall Street. We know that. Oof. Um, so we find out he's fighting Buff. So it's Paige and Buff later. So I know you know how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, Probably review that, that match pretty quick. Yes. Um, the next match is um, super over with the crowd. And you'll understand why when I start speaking. It's Conan, La Parca, and Viano 4 versus Uventud Guerrero, Ciclope, and Super Calo. Now we are in California. Yes. <laughs> you look out in the crowd, and I'm not making I'm not making light of anything, but you look out in this crowd, and it's noticeably dark not dark it's noticeably more brownish because there's Mexican fans there there's Samoan fans there and they're into this shit man um like later on fucking uh, uh faces of fear come out and they get mm-hmm. like they get out like they get the massive Samoan pop and like these guys get like the big Mexican pop mm-hmm. it's just it's cool like it, I don't know like you might have to watch it to understand what I'm saying, but this was a very fucking cool crowd. Very cool. Like it was a, yes, yeah. and I, I remember. I remember. <clears throat> sorry, I remember all those all those Cow Palace shows being like that. Just a different vibe. And the buildings yeah. here too, because that's mm-hmm. not an arena. No, like, like it, it's like a it's like a barn basically. It's a gigantic. I was gonna say, barn. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's a rodeo place, I believe. Yeah. And the reason it got its name, I look, I was reading about it one day, was um, it was built during the Depression or whatever, and some dude, I don't know who it was, he's some writer, was talking about building that. And he was like, there's uh, men and women and children living in shacks, and we're building a palace for cows. Mm-hmm. And that's how it became the Cow Palace. The San Francisco's excuse was trying to be like, look, we're trying to build this thing, because if we build this thing, it'll bring people in and right. help the economy and everything like that. And this guy's like, well, instead of building this big fucking thing, why don't you build some homes? <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't wrong, but... Yeah, 
Even then, the government was stupid. <laughs> you know, <that's> how... <laughs> anyway. Um, so this San Fran crowd is super over for this. Um, they put Tanae in there. Um, obviously, of course, he's going to talk about that. And that's that's one thing. That's another thing I put in here. Um, we we're just talking about how they, how we liked when Sh- Shoney, Tony, Bobby, and Dusty were together. Um, Shoney, I don't know. Why. <laughs> I'm Shoney Shivani. Um, do you think one of them or both of them should have sat out when they put Tanae in there? Probably, yeah, probably. I know funny shit came out of it and everything, right? And that's just from pure delight. But I'm just talking about just from a in general. Yeah, I'd say I probably would have. To be honest with you, I probably would have had Dusty lay back during that. You know, when when Tanae was out there. Uh, but like like you said, then we wouldn't have been you know you know we wouldn't have been uh, what do I want to say treated with the dragon screw leg way up you know yeah. and stuff like that. So, it, but yes, theoretically, I don't. I'm not a huge huge fan. A lot of times of three man booths, this one worked, but I'm definitely not a fan of four man booths. Yeah, too many voices. I agree, and also it. And I know WCW was different with some of their stuff, like. I don't want to say like they would laugh at like their hardcore shit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Unlike WWF, they didn't do that. Um, um, but what was I going to say? I think sometimes Tony, like Bobby and Dusty being on it kind of took away from some of the seriousness that these cruiserweight guys were doing. You know what I mean? Just in my opinion. Um, Bobby, um, says the most, um, basically says the most impressive thing in the match is Super Kello's hat because it never falls off. <laughs> he's like, basically, like, this hat's bumping around the ring, man. It ain't fell off yet. Like, he's talking about how hardcore the hat is. Um, and then, um, the it's just a chaotic match, like you would expect. And the winners are La Parca, Conan, and Viano 4. When Conan pins Uvi with a Splash Mountain bomb. Just a side note, like you said, it's a chaotic. It's hard to it's hard to take notes on a lucha match or like a match yeah. like this. I didn't try. I just wrote <laughs> down some of the funny things people said, and then the finish, and it was a good match. Um, it was kind of funny watching these guys come out to. Um, Conan's Dungeon of Doom rap. <laughs> I didn't even realize that happened. Yeah, Conan had a Dungeon of Doom rap. Just, just saying. <laughs> like he's like, Viva la Dungeon of Doom! Why do I not remember that? Did I, I don't like- know, but it's a rap about the Dungeon of Doom and how they're his homies. I'm, I must have blanked that out of my memory because I have no knowledge of this. Yeah, it's It's pretty cool. <laughs> in a ridiculous way. And then the next match is um, WCW World Television Championship. Rey Mysterio versus the TV champion Prince Iakea. <sighs> Prince Iakea comes out and nobody gives a fuck. 
he's got like this music playing and it's just his music playing real quietly and, and nobody's reacting and they're trying to pawn this guy off as being the upset kid and all this shit. Like I said, nobody cares. Wasn't it Kevin Sullivan that it was a fan of his? Yes. I think. Yes. Um, they're talking about him being a prince and Dusty Rhodes says that um, Prince Ike is so popular that getting so popular that the next time there's votes, he could become the king of his island. And then Bobby's like, Tony, uh, Dusty thinks people vote for king. <laughs> ah, shit. Like he doesn't create, he doesn't correct Dusty. Dusty, he goes, he's like, I'm just going to go through Tony. I'm not even talking to Dusty. He thinks people vote for King. So then Tony has to explain to Dusty that they don't vote for a King. A King is appointed or whatever. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, Jesus. Like he thinks (laughs) they vote for King. But anyway, and, uh, the match starts and it's a, I don't want to say it's a bad match, but it's a very boring match. Mm. Considering like, considering Ray's in it, that's weird, but it is, and it's because nobody's nobody's working as a heel, right? Because yeah. Rey Mysterio can't be a heel because even when you have a face versus face match, somebody still works heel. You mm. know what I mean? But neither one of these guys can do it because Prince Iaka is trying to get over as this this humble underdog baby face and Rey Mysterio weighs 145 pounds at this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even when they turned Rey heel, it didn't work. Yeah. Like it's not going to work. And this especially doesn't work because he doesn't even have a body. I doesn't, I don't say he doesn't have a body. He's not built. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. just little, he's little Rey Mysterio at this point. Um, <clears throat> then um, Rey Mysterio actually hit a pretty Wicked looking senton through the middle rope to the floor on Prince Iakea. I was like, Prosper Prince Iakea taking that. Um, then Steven Regal comes out and um, gets involved because Ray's on the top rope. So Steven Regal comes out, pulls Ray Mysterio off of the off of the ring or off of the top rope. Ray smacks his head on the apron. And Regal pushes him back in, and Prince gets the pinfall. Um, Prince Iakea didn't see it, obviously, what happened. And then he sees it on the replay, and he tries to give Rey Mysterio the belt because he's like, I don't want to win it that way. And Rey's like, no, I lost, da-da-da-da. And it's explained that that Regal cost Rey the match because Rey cost him the match on Nitro. So that was that. It Prince Iakea is the TV champion, always by a fluke. Yes, <laughs> he's the champ because these two other guys are feuding. It's like is what it is, I guess. Um, and Regal does a really good job in this. Um, like he's wearing glasses. I've never seen him like wear glasses before. I don't he's think like, I have either. He's like wearing like. Like the 1990s, like round glasses, mm-hmm. like dudes like dudes would wear. I thought they were smart or whatever. 
But anyway, that's how that goes. And it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. It was just yeah. It was just flat. Um, I've always thought. I've always thought of Ray. I'm sorry. I didn't. I don't want to like, go on and on and on. But I've always thought of Ray and Tito in the same. That's how I feel about Tito too. I don't think I could have ever seen Tito. I think he worked heel early in his career. I think, but I to me Tito Santana is a baby face. You could never turn Tito heel. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think he was ever a heel. Like he might have wrestled as like a ba- as like a jobber and fought a couple baby faces or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like he was ever just like hey, fuck off. <laughs> I don't even shove it up your ass. Yeah. Like you could ever see Tito Santana being like, "Fuck this town! <laughs> All your bitches are fat." <laughs> I hate El Paso. I hate El Paso. <laughs> Eat my ass! I'm Tito Santana. Don't you know who the fuck I like? His name doesn't even sound mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like Rick Steamboat going out there and be like, "Y'all can eat my ass." <laughs> I hate every bitches. All the bitches in here. The only time, the only time Steamboat ever got booed, he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, because <laughs> he nutted him, and he's out there with his wife. Yep. Like, because then, because even then, like, you're not gonna get girls shrieking at him or whatever, because they're like, mm-hmm. hey. look at he's with his wife and his he's baby. Pussy his pussy whipped. Can't get with him after the show. His wife's gonna be in the car. <laughs> And his wife was probably like, you ain't going to be getting any after the show because I'm getting in the car. <laughs> I totally believe that about Bonnie Steamboat. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's true, but I think she found something out or suspected something. And then she was like, I'm going on the road. I'm going on the road. Yeah. And that's highly possible. She got some kind of phone call. I was like, I want to talk to Ricky. And she was like, who's this? And it was like, click. <laughs> Kind of like when uh, Tony's Russian side piece called the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you called the house, you ruined everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the next thing is me and Gene Okerlund interviewing the Giant. There's nothing to report here. Um, this is Giant in 1997 face Giant parable promo. Yeah. Yeah, just bad. Um, so there's really nothing to this. He's just talking about his handicap tag team match with the Outsiders coming up. The next thing would be um, the next thing would be the next match coming up will be God Awful. It's Buff Bagwell versus Diamond Dallas Page. Um, I wrote, God damn it. That's my notes. Just God damn it. <laughs> and then DDP hits a diamond cutter and a bunch of the NWO schlubs run out and DDP runs away and he wins by disqualification because technically the NWO got in the ring before he could get counted out and the least said the best. Yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have any comments either. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, some guy named Keith Phillips won a uh, from from Utah won some kind of PlayStation. He won a PlayStation giveaway. 
So he got a PlayStation and he got to go to Super Brawl 7 in 1997. Well, good for him. Yeah, good job, Keith Phillips. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of like, would you? I, I wouldn't be mad at that. But like, no. A PS and a I got a PlayStation and I get to go to the pay per view. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sign me up. I bet they came and picked him up at his house and everything. Yeah. And he wouldn't look, he didn't look trashy like them people at WWF picked up. <laughs> Oh, with the stone cold thing? Yeah, meth mouth motherfuckers. <laughs> and then they had to blur out her sign so it looked like she wrote something filthy. Yeah. Like the network has to blur out her sign because it said, I came to see the WWF or whatever. <laughs> I came to see the WWF wrestling, but it looks like she's got like a big dick pic or something on it. She's like, <laughs> Woo! Woo! <clears throat> That thing always blew my mind too, because like they show up and like that dude's like smoking and shit when they're in there. It's like you would have thought Vince McMahon would have been all over that. Yeah, get that off that goddamn video. Or if you would have saw them, people would have been like, "Get them, no, motherfuckers." So I don't think Vince knew any of that shit was coming up. Well, I was gonna say he'd be like, "See, they could still have their tickets and such, but we're gonna pick another family." Yeah, (laughs) like he's gonna send some like WWF. Crew family out there, or something, you know. But yeah, I don't know how those people slip past Vince McMahon. I just don't know how. That's another day for it's another story for another day. But I don't know if Keith Phillips is a listener. But good job, buddy. Um, the next match, is, unless you have anything else on Keith Phillips from now, I'm sure. I'm sure sometime in in. Uh... 1999 or or 2000, he traded that PlayStation in for like 50 bucks at GameStop to get the next one. (laughs) But all right, good job, Keith. The next match, surprisingly, was pretty dull. And you're going to say, What? When I say it, it's for the WCW United States Championship. It's Chris Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero. Really? Yes. This was one, it was still good, but this was like the worst match I've ever seen these two have with each other. They they did very little in it. I mean, it, it like there's a point where they have, Jericho has a rear chin lock on Eddie Guerrero and the crowd just turns on him. Hmm. Like just turns. Like you got to think they've seen, <clears throat> and I know you got to change things. I, I, they, I want Nope, go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if one of them was working through an injury or something, maybe. I don't know, but you saw Demolenko, X-Pac, okay? That's going to be crazy. Crazy good. You got um, Conan, you got a you got a trios luchador match. You got Rey Mysterio in San Francisco versus Prince Iakea. I know that's not what you got, whatever. And then mm-hmm. you get DDP, who I don't like, but the people loved... I, I will never deny that. You know what right. I mean? Same yeah. way I say about beefcake in the eighties. I didn't like Brutus, Brutus beefcake, but when you watch that shit, people cut, people got amped when beefcake came out. I don't get, <laughs> but Hey, I'm whatever. So, and, and then these guys go out there and you think, Oh, these two are really going to rip it up. And I don't know if they're just trying to be different or what, but it was not the night to be different because when they went into these, rest holds and shit and this mat work they were doing they just lost the crowd and they never got them back because they even started they like they they slow built and then started moving into some shit and even mm-hmm. as they were moving into their shit the people had already given up on them 
Like it, this was the most quiet the crowd was the whole show was Chris versus Eddie Guerrero. That's insane. But you know, I mean, like you said, they, they, they've been, you know, I would say good, good stuff out the shoot all night. And then uh, these guys slow it down. Probably not what they were expecting to see. Like you said, and like I said, I have to go back and look and wonder maybe if one of them's maybe one of them's got a knee problem or something know, at this but, time. But if if not, they should have called an audible and said we gotta speed this shit up. And they're both prof- they're both professional enough to be able to do that, but for right. some reason they just didn't. And it did not click with this crowd. Um Eddie ends up winning with a sunset flip. And like I said in my notes, not their best match, but not bad. It's still a good match, but it was just kinda like a like a kiss your cousin, you know what I mean? Just like, mm-hmm. Whatever. When you see it originally, you're like, oh, it's going to be great. And then you're just like, eh, it's okay, I guess. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> type of deal. Um, you got anything else on that? Nope. All right. The next one <clears throat> was set to be a um, fatal four-way tag team match. To find out, find out who the number one contenders were for the tag team titles coming up, but the Steiner brothers cannot compete in this because of the car accident they were involved in. We all remember discussing that. Mm-hmm. And Tony Schiavone says that they're never going to show that again on television because of how violent it was. I was like, I think you're never going to show it on television because it had a adverse effect that you weren't expecting and everybody thought it was hilarious. Right. <laughs> there was no heel heat. Like people there weren't mad. Was... People were like, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this did not go the way they thought it would. They yep. thought people would be angry. Angry. But this is 1997. We all know wrestling's fake and the cool NWO just ran the Steiner Brothers Flipped their car into a ditch. And made jokes the whole time. Made jokes until it happened. And then they were like, oh, shit. Turn the camera off. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah, they're like, we're never going to show that again. That was so violent. It's like, no, that shit was funny. (laughs) But this match now, and this seemed convoluted to me, okay? They said... This match is no longer for the number one contendership for the tag team championships because the Steiner brothers aren't in it and they deserve an opportunity to be the number one contenders. And that car accident wasn't their fault. Mm, yeah. So now these other three teams have to be punished. Like right. They yeah. Couple, they, they, they didn't run them off the road. Yeah, right. They could all be like that car accident wasn't our fault either. It was the guys that did it, and now you're rewarding them because they're not going to have a number one contender. Right, you're going to let them continue to be the tag team champions. Yeah. It's like they all three of those teams should have been like, we're not going to have this match now. There's no purpose. <laughs> yeah, that is silly. That's like, And the just, thing is, they did the, they did, the car accident thing was an angle, so nobody was actually injured. Like, there wasn't – they didn't do it for that kind of a reason. So their entire plan the whole time was just not to even have that. Was, yeah, it was to fuck you over and not even have a number one contenders match. Yeah, so I, like I said, if I was like the, if I was any of these teams, the Faces of Fear, the Public Enemy, or the Harlem Heat, I would be having an injunction 
with the championship committee or whatever you call it, legalized wise. I've been like, no, not doing this. Get me Alan Sharp. Get wasn't that the WCW lawyer guy they bring out yeah. there, the white guy? Yeah, look like the look like the blonde kid from fucking. Um, um, oh, little blonde kid from fucking boys, boy meets world. <laughs> about that everybody says it's Chanel West Coast now. That little blonde kid. I brought hired that guy, Clarence Mason, Stephen P. New, somebody. <laughs> I would have had him on this, but it's the Public Enemy, the Harlem Heat, and the Faces of Fear. Um, Harlem Heat comes out. They have their pro. They have their pyro. Uh, the the Faces of Fear come out. Obviously, they don't have pyro, but they still look badass. And then Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge come out, and they have a lot of pro, like a lot of pyro, a lot. And then uh, Rocco Rock takes off his hat, and they're like, "Oh, a new look for Rocco Rock. He's bald." And they show he's completely bald. And then that's when Dusty Rose says this sentence: "Did that bomb bloated his hair off?" <laughs> Did that bomb bloated his hair off? <laughs> Yeah, Bobby and Bobby and Dusty hit with the lines tonight. That's yeah. funny. I rewound it because I, la- I I was laughing so hard. I was like, I want to make sure he said it. And I'm going to repeat it one more time. <laughs> Did that bomb bloated his hair off? <laughs> and Tony had to say, no, no, it didn't. <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> it was so fucking funny. Um. The most impressive people in this match are the Faces of Fear because they're just throwing these fuckers around everywhere, man. Everywhere. Um, <coughs> the story of the match they're telling is Public Enemy's not getting involved very much. They're kind of mm-hmm. staying out of it, kind of playing the chicken shit heels. And uh, the Harlem Heat and the and uh, Faces of Fear are doing all the heavy lifting. And when I say heavy lifting, I really mean it because... Um, there's at one point, and I'm not saying Booker T is the biggest dude in the world, but Booker ain't no small man. Barbarian belly to gives this dude a belly to belly release suplex off the top rope and throws him across the ring. And Booker can do nothing about nothing it. Nothing about it. <laughs> it's, not even like, it's not like he hurt him. Right. But if Booker was like, I don't want to do this, like, <laughs> he would have been doing it anyway. Doing it anyway, so it's like you can either just go with it and bump good, or you can just fall on your fucking head, and it's insane. They fling Johnny Grunge, Meng flings Johnny Grunge at Barbarian, and Barbarian catches him and hits him with that powerbomb deal. They do Johnny fucking Grunge, it's insane. <laughs> like it's insane. Those dudes were never like tag team champions. Mm-hmm. It's fucking nuts. They were they were absolutely amazing at their jobs, and they were over. Yeah, I've always like that's always been one of the things to me about WCW, especially during this you know when they were a team and during this period of time. How in all the mix they were. Ne- I mean, Public Enemy were the tag team champions. The American Males were the tag team champions, but the Faces of Fear were never the tag team. Champions. Yes, I don't. I don't fucking get it. <clears throat> and I, like when I watch it too. No, I'm saying WCW, but also 
they teamed like once in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Like on WrestleMania. If I want and that WrestleMania match is one of my favorite matches in WrestleMania history. The Rockers versus them. And if I'm booking and I see that, I'm like, these dudes are gold, man. Fucking put right. that together. But yeah, the faces of fear were fucking badass, kick-ass human beings, man. And the finish is odd. Um, Rocco Rock is on the ropes, and he tries to do like a front flip to Barbarian. Mm-hmm. The Barbarian catches him, and I and I think Rocco was supposed to like be up in like a power bomb. And barbarian and Johnny was gonna like cross body barbarian from the top, and then Rocco would wind up like sitting on barbarian for the one two three, you know. But Rocco can't get his body up, so his knees are like on barbarian's shoulders, but his arms are just like dangling towards the mat. <laughs> God, <laughs> so he's just like hanging upside down like a bat. <laughs> off a barbarian, so Rocco or so Johnny Grunge just does the body press anyway, and they land on him awkwardly and pin him one two three. But <laughs> Public Enemy won the match. Like why? Right. Why is Public Enemy beating the faces of fear or Harlem Heat? And the finish was just completely fucked because Rocco couldn't bring his body up. Like Barb could hold. Barb was holding him. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm holding you. I'm like, doing my part. Yeah. <laughs> And then Johnny's just like, fuck it, and just flings his fat ass at him, and they crumple. And, yeah, it's just like, I don't understand. If I was Barbarian, I would just drop that idiot on his fucking head. <laughs> but I'm not Barbarian, and I'm not a professional. Right. <laughs> um, so the public enemy won that match, which I wasn't expecting. Um. But it was actually, up until then, it was actually pretty entertaining. It was a good triple threat tag team match, I thought. So, anything else on that? No. Okay, the next match, I invoked a new rule that I have. And I don't think I have to do it very much longer. But I've invoked the no more watching Jeff Jarrett fight Steve McMichael rule. So you skipped it. I skipped it. I skipped it to the end. It was a grudge match. It was these two guys fighting each other for the 157th time. And this time, if Jeff Jarrett wins, he gets to become a horseman. And they do the same goddamn finish they do in every match. Where Jeff, where Mongo wants to Halliburton or whatever. And Deb won't give it to him. And then Deb just gets mad, throws it. Jarrett catches it, hits him in the head with the Halliburton, pins him one, two, three. Every fucking finish. <laughs> McMichael, I'm eventually going to be like, bitch, you stay back here. You're detrimental to our income. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we were, you are not coming out there when I wrestle this guy. At all. Ever. <laughs> Ever. So Jeff Jarrett's now a horseman. Or so he seems to think. When I write down the list of horsemen, he's one that I never put on there. I don't consider Jeff Jarrett a horseman. I don't even hate. I don't even hate Jeff Jarrett like some mm-hmm. people. But I don't consider this incarnation of Jeff Jarrett a four horseman. No, and it was, and he never really actually technically was, no matter what. 
and it was all very convoluted. This whole run in WCW for him is stupid. Yeah. The whole thing. Like, he's never paired up with anybody that he should be paired up with. There's, you know, he's a horseman. He's not a horseman. One week he's involved in that. The next week he's not. Uh, yeah, his this whole run in WCW is, is garbage. He's got his crummy fucking Cracker Barrel commercial music. <laughs> it's terrible. It's not even a knack, knack on the Cracker Barrel because I like the Cracker Barrel. It's one of my favorite uh, Conan O'Brien late show jokes. Or when what was he? What was he when he was just when he was underground? When he was on NBC. Mm. Well, it was a late show, right? Yeah, nice show on the late show. The Cracker Barrel was getting sued for racism, so Conan was like, "So Cracker Barrel's new pro, new uh, new philosophy is to be a lot more barrel and a little less cracker." <laughs> That's a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that one's over. Jarrett's a quote-unquote horseman. The next match, um, a lot happens in it. And I'm going to preface this by saying a lot happens in it, but there's a lot of things in the match that would not be... Um, I don't want to say it. There's a lot of things that could be tied to the worst thing that ever happened in wrestling in these notes. So I didn't do a lot of it because it's Chris Benoit. It, it's the, it's the San Francisco street fight between Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the spots could be taken as like, I'm just going to say like, there's a lot of choking and things like right. that. I didn't do a, I didn't do a lot of, note takings on the the actual body of the match, but I don't want to take away from the actual body of the match. So if anybody's listening to this and they haven't seen it, go out of your way to watch it because it's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best street fights I've ever seen in my life. It's great. And it's Chris Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan, San Francisco street fight. Woman and Jackie are strapped together. And at first I was like, I don't know why they're doing that where they're strapped together. Um, and then as it goes, I eventually remember why um, or realized why. But it starts out just all four of them brawling. Like they all four start going at it in the ring. Um, Sully winds up um, going after, like, like he, he's going to pick up Jackie because Jackie's knocked down and the strap winds up between his legs and he doesn't realize it. And then woman nuts him with the strap. Biggest pop of the night. <laughs> People lost their shit when Kevin Sullivan got nutted. And Dusty laughed. Um, Then later on, um, Kevin Sullivan is holding Chris Benoit. This is another Dusty line. You're probably going to laugh at because I wrote it down. But Sully's holding Chris Benoit and and Jackie falls off and, and kicks him between the legs. And then Dusty Rhodes go. Dusty Rhodes goes. She kicked him right in his thing. <laughs> right in his thing. <laughs> in his Dusty voice, like he's so happy during this whole match with everything that's going on. Like he's like ha ha ha, laughing, and then she kicks him. And he's like ha ha ha. She kicked him right in his thing. <laughs> he didn't say between the legs, right? Low. He said in his thing. It was so funny. <laughs> 
but talking about, I couldn't realize I didn't. I, other than the chaotic of it, like they go, they go out of the arena, and then I was like, man, that was actually pretty smart because sometimes when things go out of the arena, it kind of loses it a little bit with the crowd because you're watching it on the screen or right. whatever. They had woman and and Jackie stay in the ring and do like a cat fight with the strap. So people who are in the arena that can't see the screen or whatever are still reacting. They're reacting to something. Yeah. So it sounds like the entire arena is like, and they have it on split screen or whatever, but there's no dead in the crowd because right. no matter what, somebody's seeing something. And if you're seeing woman wrestle Jackie, it's not going to be the greatest thing in the world. But if you're a man, you're going to be reacting to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the ending of this match is one of the most goddamnedest things I've ever seen. I I don't know why I forgot so much about this pay per view, but it's one of the most goddamnedest things I've ever seen in my life. There's a table. Ben or uh, Sully's on the table. Benoit's gonna jump off the top rope and smash Kevin Sullivan through the table. Jackie is gonna try to sacrifice herself. And throw herself on top of Kevin Sullivan as Benoit's projecting himself through the air. So she is in between Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit crashing down onto a table, and that fucking table doesn't break. (laughs) Wow. Benoit bounces off of Jackie and Sullivan, and the table tips over, and and Jackie was in the middle of that. That's insane. So there's been some people in my life that I've known that have told me that they didn't think Jackie should be in the Hall of Fame. And I wanted to be like, you know what? I know you guys think the WWE, WWE Hall of Fame's a joke or whatever, but look at that and tell me she doesn't belong in the fucking Hall of Fame. Right. And 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 you can tell, obviously, that table was supposed to break because the minute they bounce and hit the mat, Kevin Sullivan grabs her head and is asking her if she's okay immediately. I don't think he even gave a shit if a camera was looking at him. He was like, right. Hey, like that. <laughs> and um, Benoit ends up pinning them one, two, three, um, actually underneath the table, which is kind of cool. And then they do um, actually something pretty believable, which I fast forwarded through a lot of it because it wasn't something I needed to watch. But all three of them are laid out in the ring, and like Jimmy Hart and women and women and woman at this point don't even care about their feud. Like they're asking for help for all of their people, mm-hmm. and like Arne Anderson comes out and he's just like looking down the aisle, like God damn, this has gone too far. You know what I mean? And then, like, Paul Orndorff comes out, and Terry Taylor comes out, and Lee Marshall's out there for some reason. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, well, here comes all the, the high-end WCW executives, and then Lee Marshall. <laughs> and Bobby Heenan says it tongue-in-cheek, but in a serious tone. I knew he, I know he thought he was being funny. And not being, I think he, he knew he was being funny with what he said. But he was like, oh, man. You know it's serious if Lee Marshall's coming out. <laughs> but he said it in a very somber tone, you know? Mm-hmm. Sarcastically, but like, so basically there's all these people around trying to get Sullivan and Benoit and, and Jackie help, and like, they even, like, 
like like Jimmy Hart's even patting woman and saying like it'll be okay, it'll be okay. So it was actually pretty cool. And they loaded him up in ambulances and drove him away. And that was the end of that match. Um, fantastic match. Best thing on the whole fucking show was that goddamn street fight. That was fantastic. Um, the next match, something else funny with Dusty Rhodes and Bobby Heenan, is the Outsiders defending the Tag Team Championships against the Giant in a handicap match. And... X-Pac um, is with them, Six-Pac, whatever you want to call them. And Scott Hall and um, Six-Pac are wearing shirts that say Aztecas, okay? Mm-hmm. And usually if Scott Hall was wearing a shirt that wasn't a WC or like an NWO shirt on Nitro, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, it's usually a strip club. I'm right. not sure if Aztecas is a strip club, but usually, like he'd he'd wear like a landing strip shirt or um, scorers or whatever. Like he'd right. wear a strip club shirt. Scott Hall obviously like strip clubs, so I'm assuming this is a strip club. <clears throat> but Dusty Rhodes sees the shirts and he's looking at it and he's like, "You see what them shirts say? They say Alcatraz." <laughs> They're thinking about Roddy Piper and Tony Schiavone's like, "It, it doesn't say Alcatraz." And Bobby just stops stops Tony. He's like, Tony, Tony, you forgot. Dusty can't read. <laughs> says Alcatraz. It says Alcatraz. And he's like, no, Dusty, it says. And Bobby's like, no, Tony, you forgot. But Dusty can't read. Like, <laughs> and to it's me, funny. it's funny. I don't know, maybe it's not as funny as saying it, as hearing it. But yeah. Right. You forgot he couldn't read. Like just the the way it went. It's it was almost like that scene from King of the Hill where it's like interesting. Men can shave their legs too. <laughs> okay, Bobby. Sorry, Dad. Right, Dad. <laughs> it's like, kind of like that. Like, boom, boom, yeah. boom. <laughs> but uh, um, this match is Scott Hall and Kevin Ash versus the Giant in a handicap match. Not knocking any of these guys, but it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't setting records. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. handicap matches for one usually suck anyway, and this one isn't even like it's. I don't know. This match just was not very good. Um, there was actually a Lex Luger chant during it though, so like Bischoff did something right with this, right? <laughs> Wanting like they were clamoring for Lex Luger to come out, and Luger finally comes out. Um, he's got his big fucking oversized cast on. Like it's like Ahmed's over on Raw with his big ass ridiculous <laughs> board, his big cartoon board, and then the Ahmed John- John- Johnson, <laughs> yeah, Ahmed Johnson. I think that was a I'm not a black singer from the twenties. <laughs> I think she did a couple, like a, like a rendition of At Last <laughs> and Bees in My Bonnet. Meta Johnson. Anyway. <laughs> That's stupid. That's stupid. But anyway, like I'm saying, like, Ahmed has this big cartoon board, and then the, the WCW. I never thought of this, but he's the WCW equivalent of Ahmed Johnson at this time. Lex Luger. Lex Luger, and he has this big comically huge fucking cast 
but he's out there and he shows up, he tags in, he's hitting him with the cast. <clears throat> he gets Kevin Nash up in the up in the torture rack. Kevin Nash gets the giant choke slam Scott Hall and fucking Mouse Man of Green Mile counts out Scott counts out Scott Hall and Luger and Giant are declared the world tag team champions. And like I said, I didn't like any of this Luger Giant stuff. But this fucking crowd lost their goddamn minds. <laughs> like they were insane for this. So I'm like, I don't see it. But Eric Bit or Kevin Sullivan or Eric Bischoff, whoever came up with this, had something because the payoff, the people lost their fucking minds. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Um, something else I wrote too, and I know they did towards the end. But at this time, like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, they usually ended up getting the belts back from some kind of shitty underhanded way. Yeah. They weren't selfish at this time, though. You know no, what I mean? They, like, they, 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 both, they both jobbed in this match. Like Luger, mm-hmm. like, like Nash was like, yeah, I give up. And Kevin Nash took a fucking choke slam and got pinned, even when he didn't have to. Right. So, I don't know. I think at this time they were, I don't know. I just, like I said, they were they weren't selfish at this point. Later on, Kevin is, and Scott just got let go. But anyway, so as of right now, Lex Luger and the Giant are the new World Tag Team Champions. We're gonna find out if it's gonna stay that way. And now this leads to the final match of the night, the main event. The main event. And usually, as always with WCW pay-per-views, <laughs> it bottoms out. Um, it's Hulk Hogan, <clears throat> Hollywood Hulk Hogan, sorry, with the Million Dollar Man and Vincent versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper. You can imagine you know, it's been in the WWF at some point. People have been like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know what's funny is we've and, – and we've said this a number of times about in WCW, a lot of times – you, you, the hype up for Piper and Hogan, at least at the beginning, would always be good. And then you get to the match, and it was a dog. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, um, it was even that way in the WWF in the early eight, or like during the rock and wrestling era. Because <clears throat> although their matches were super over because of what they did leading up to the matches, like the, the, uh, what the MTV special and all that stuff. Yeah. Hogan and I've never actually seen Hogan and Piper have a good match. With I've, seen it happen, I've seen it happen one time. One time. Not two times. One time. One time. And it was the one where Hogan actually put him over that Starcade 96 match mm-hmm. where Hogan's like backpedaling and being a chicken shit heel and stuff. That's actually. I think they got. I think they were getting along at that point. So they weren't trying to cock block each other all the time yeah. in the match yet. Yeah, and Hogan knew he wasn't going to lose the belt. You know what I mean? He's going to lose. Right. He's gonna lose the belt. Mm-hmm. He's willing to do it. You know what I mean? So I, I liked that match. But other than that, you're right. They just kind of all their matches would just build up, build up, and, ag- build up, yeah. and then it'd be a fucking popcorn fart. Yeah. Well, and again, and I'm not saying that. I mean. It's kind of, you know that like you watch the 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 MTV match or them at WrestleMania because of everything surrounding it and all the heat and everything the crowd's still hot for it 
But if you were to watch the mat on match on mute, <laughs> you'd be like, this match is pretty bad. You know, like you get lost in it because the crowd or whatever. And also at the but, time, at the time, as you're watching it, like if you're in that moment, you're like, you know, you're not like, well, that was a fuck finish. We get right. Yeah. Because you know? mm-hmm. the feud's still continuing, but when you watch it all as a, as a, as a, in a say, vacuum. In a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were in there for nine and a half minutes and nothing happened. Well, no, you're like, these guys feuded for nine and a half years and nothing <laughs> happened. Nobody won and nobody right. lost. <laughs> it's yeah. like well, it's like a movie with no finish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like where it just cuts black, and you're just like, "Oh, what the fuck happened?" I just sat here for two and a half hours for that. What <laughs> happened? No, it's like the ending of The Sopranos. Like, okay, well, right, that happened, or didn't? Oh, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> anyway, um. <clears throat> This crowd lost their goddamn mind for Rowdy Piper. Fucking lost it. I don't have a lot of notes for the match because the match sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, Piper's like dirty, stanky and stuff. That's the gimmick. He's filthy from being in Alcatraz, Alcatraz for seven days. Um, getting all those candy and cigarettes. And then as the match is going on, Sting and Randy Savage come out. And they start walking to the ring, and Sting refuses to continue walking to the ring, but Randy Savage keeps going. And Sting tried to stop him, but he's like, going, brother, going. So he's down there, he's like in a neutral corner, he's watching the match. Um, Piper puts Hogan to sleep, okay? And this thing got so fucked, it's even hard to explain. Savage was supposed to sneakily pull Hogan's feet under the ropes while he was in the sleeper hold. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how Randy Savage forgot because he's fucking Randy Savage and he writes everything down. But Piper gets him in it and puts Hogan asleep and like Savage is like 20 to 30 seconds late pulling Hogan's feet out of the ropes. So, like, when the referee's like, ding, 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 he's out. Like, Hogan's not, like, his feet are nowhere near it. And then Piper's, like, celebrating with the belt. And then Randy pulls his feet underneath it. And the referee's like, oh, no, never mind. His feet are under the ropes. It's like when it's after the match. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, yeah. and I get what they were trying to do, but Savage was just late, and it got caught mm-hmm. on camera. Like, it got caught. Like, if they don't do something like about that on Nitro next, like, whatever's coming up on Nitro, they were just like, that was fucked. Let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> we're not even going to talk about it, because he pulls him out, and then he gives him the, he gives Hogan some knucks, and... Nick Patrick or whoever the referee, I think it might have been Randy Anderson, sees his feet and he's like, no, he's under the ropes. So they restarts the match and then Hogan hits him with the brass knocks that Savage gave him, pins him, one, two, three, and then they're like, never mind, Hulk Hogan's the champ. And even Tony Schiavone's like, I don't know what is happening. I don't know. <laughs> it is. 
Is the match over? Is it happen again? And then Savage starts beating up Roddy Piper, and then they're like, okay, Randy Savage is now part of the NWO. Right. And that is how the show went off the air. And we will find out the fallout next week. It's like, everything was great about this show, and then Hogan and Piper and Savage go out there and just, it up. <laughs> just get in the punch bowl. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, this is actually a really good pay-per-view. Like, even the Giant and the Outsiders thing, even though I wasn't big on it or whatever, the crowd right. made it helped it, you know? Mm-hmm. These guys go out there and it's like, the three biggest so-called stars on the show, and they just fucked everything. Hit the bed, yeah. And I guarantee Eric Bischoff, when he went back there, when they got back there, he's like, ah, great job, guys. Best match on the show. These are the only three that ever drew any money. Right. I like Eric Bischoff, but that is the most ignorant thing that dude's ever said in his entire life. When he stood up in front of that room and said, the only people in this room that ever drew any money were Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Roddy Piper. Like, really? And Raven's like, really? Rick Flair is right there? You don't see yeah. him? Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. Flair right there? But anyway, that's another story for another day. You'll end up getting there on your, well, maybe. You'll end up getting there on your show. Yeah. I'll be in something. So, like I said, for that, we now close that week, that pay-per-view, and we will be starting with, uh, uh, excuse me, sorry, we'll be starting with uh, February 24th, correct? Yes, yes. February 24th will be the next uh, the next week that was, and we'll see the fallout from this, we'll see the fallout from CyberSlam 96, if there's any. And then we'll see what the hell is going on on Raw. Who knows? Ahmed Johnson and his big wood. <laughs> slamming it into Farouk. Never. Some crazy wackiness with Sid or Vader. Yes. yes. Wants to be in some, some insanity. The best year ever. Well, my second favorite. I don't know. My 1A, 1B years of wrestling is 1997 and 1989. So I'm looking forward to talking more about it. Absolutely. So, thank you guys for listening. So, Nate, unless you got anything else, we'll just sign off. Nope. Thank you for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Aaron's show. Yeah. The, the year that was. Dot, dot, dot. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>